The first question I want to ask, and I'll let either one of you respond, why did you decide on the title Uncommon Influence for this new book? We have written some things in the past uh, on the uncommon theme. Uh, I wrote a book uh, myself called Uncommon about 10 years ago, and then Lauren and I did a book together called Uncommon Marriage. And we just think that Christianity uh, people can say it's weird. People can say it's different. But Jesus said we go down a narrow road, and the path is not the, the broad path that the whole world is on. So we kind of chose to look at that as not weird or different but uncommon. And so that was where the first part came from. And then the influence, we wanted to let people know that uh, they can have an influence in their world in a lot of different ways. And I noticed in the book uh... – one area really stuck out to me. It said, always want to say yes to God. Can you give us what that means and maybe an example from, from your own lives? Absolutely. Um, saying yes means being obedient to God's calling. Um, he asks us, he requires us to be obedient. And so when we respond by hearing his voice and, and doing what he asks of us, um, that's saying yes we're, it often involves um, sacrifices, but that's what we do. And Tony and I have done this our entire life, um, saying yes, and, and it may be uncomfortable or we may have questions as we uh, obediently answer to God, but um, he doesn't take us down a path for nothing. He has a purpose and a plan for everything that uh, we do in life. And early on, he called us to use that platform uh, with football. We had an audience, and I say we, but Tony had the audience, and I, along, you know, as his spouse, you know, we were able to influence and speak to many people um, with that audience. But it comes with also um, a price, if you will. You have an audience, and you can use it to build yourself up, or you can point people to Christ and let them understand uh, the calling is a, a purpose to give glory to God. And so we, we strive to do that, and we'll continue doing that uh, until we, you know, go home to be with Him. And not wanting to get terribly theological here, but do you ever get something that might be from God. You're not sure it's from God. You know, you sort of ask him, could you reiterate? How do you deal with that when, when you're not exactly sure? Yeah, I think that is the biggest question for Christians. How do we know it's God's voice? And we just have to get used to listening and hearing, and that's where prayer comes in. And Lord, confirm that this is you, and this is what you want me to do. Uh, but one of the things Lauren and I talk about uh, amongst ourselves is, is that something that's glorifying God? Is it something that we're passionate about? And if both of those are yes, then there's a good chance we are hearing from the Lord. All right. Now, your hearts are very close to foster care and to adoption. Could you share that part of your life with us? Absolutely. Um, early on in our marriage, we were attending a church service, and we heard from a guest speaker about the need for foster parents to kind of step up to the plate and take children in who were uh, removed from their home 
and they needed uh, care. And we it, that that spoke to us. We we both love children and are passionate about um, mentoring and supporting and encouraging children and actually people of all ages. But when we heard about that great need, we decided to enroll in the classes, do the training, and open our home to children. And as you can imagine, as soon as we finished the last class, we received a call and we were given a child to take uh, care of. And it's been a rewarding experience. We've done fostering for over 30 years. And right now, currently, we have three children in our care. And, and along with the fostering, we have adopted children as well. And we have eight kids under our roof that are adopted ages 21 to 6. So we've got a busy household, but we, we enjoy it. It's a blessing, and we believe that we're being obedient to God's calling on our lives. Would you say that uh, the process of, of volunteering for foster care, is it complicated? I, I guess it depends where you live, but... Is it something you, a person can kind of move into fairly easily, or does it take some research and training and so forth? I think first you have to ask yourself if, if this is something that you really want to do and if you and your spouse are on the same page in an agreement because there will be sacrifices that are involved, there will be some changes that have to take place. And um, if you're willing to do that and if you're both in an agreement, then it's a fairly easy process. The training isn't too complicated. Um, I know a lot of parents are worried or concerned about the bonding that will take place or, you know, what, what am I getting my getting myself into because the children have been removed from a home where there's been a lot of uh, turmoil and problems and now you're asking me to take this child. But most kids just want love and they want security. And if you're able to do that, they're pretty easy to parent. And the goal is always reunification. So the children don't stay in your home long unless it's an agreement where mom, dad have to go through a treatment program and the kids will be in foster care for a while. So we do anywhere from just a day or two fostering to years. Uh, We have kids now that have been with us since, September, um, and we're not really sure when they'll be returned to their biological families. It's a pretty simple process once you get started, at least in the state of Florida. You take a course, you get certified, and you're ready to go very, very quickly. It sounds like, you know, you are very busy, a lot on your plate. How do you keep mm-hmm. from, from, from bogging down, from, you know, feeling like you're running dry in life? <laughs> It's challenging. Um, Our secret is prayer. We start our day going before the Lord as a couple, praying together for each other, um, learning from God. And we all need wisdom, and we need to know what God would have us to do. And um, once we start the day with prayer, things run pretty smoothly. And we're always intentional about spending time together as a couple. If our whole life revolves around the children and we don't take the time to enjoy each other and have that, you know, time out to um, 
hear each other and not have the, the distraction of the kids, it could get challenging. It could get overwhelming. But we really make it a point to have at least a half hour, an hour of alone time without the kids. And we, we do that every day. And so that really helps our household run smoothly. So I think it's identifying what it is you need in your home to um, you know, have things run with order. And, and you have to set aside some time to do things that help you recover too. Lauren loves physical fitness, so she likes to run. She likes to swim. I kind of like to be by myself, but that's where walking comes in with us. We can go for a walk for a half an hour. She's getting some physical fitness and exercise. I'm getting some down alone time and we're communicating together, but finding those things that you enjoy. I enjoy riding my bike. Uh, so making time to do that is important. Do you, do you ever have time to go out like on, on a date? <laughs> <laughs> we used to have uh, Tuesday afternoon, we had a lunch, a stand in 12 o'clock uh, lunch date with each other. But I think that that's now um, on the back burner because the kids are out of school for summer and they're home or we're taking them to camp. Um, so we haven't been able to do that. We'll probably start again in the fall when they're back in school. But it, it, again, it's important to have that, create that time, whether it's a Friday night, date night, or, you know, sometime over the weekend, but really have to be intentional about having that time uh, together. You don't want to get lost in your, your busyness that we're like ships passing in the night. And I'll direct this one to uh, to Tony. Um, in the book, you mentioned some of the uh, the downsides to becoming a well-known person, uh, and some of them were a little bit funny. Could, could you share that with us? People do feel like they know you and they uh, want to talk to you, and that's okay for me when I'm by myself, but it, it does get hard when you're trying to um, go somewhere with your family or do things with kids or your wife, and people think that uh, they have been your best friend your whole life because they've watched you on television. And they'll come up and strike up some conversations at, at the craziest times. Mm -hmm. They'll sit down at your dinner table, bar out on a date, and uh, it's, it becomes a little bit hard at times. But I, I think that goes with the territory, and there are some fun things and some great things you get, you know, being in the public eye as well, but, but some of them are a little bit tough. Understood. I was reading where someone w was approaching you and said, aren't you, aren't you? And it turned out he thought you were someone that helped him at, at Lowe's. <laughs> yeah, I get those all the time where people, they can't place your face, but they know they've seen you. And they'll just, gosh, you look so familiar. Did you go to South Eugene High School? And I'll just kind of play along and say, no, I, I didn't. And, you know, they'll, they'll go on and on about trying to figure it out. And then finally I'll say, well, do you watch football? Oh, that's where I know you. That's where I know you. But, uh, yeah, some people just don't expect to see you. Uh, other people can't quite place it, but know they've seen you somewhere. I, I hear that. So you, you spend time in the book sharing about the topic of integrity. Why is that so important to you? I think that's something that God wants from us. Uh, as we're trying to witness for him in this world, if we end up doing things that aren't above board, if we say things that aren't true, 
that's always going to come back and reflect on, on him. If I say I'm a Christian, I tell you I'm a Christian, but I do something that makes you question to say, hmm, I, that, that, that doesn't line up. Uh, that's not a good witness. And, and so I think it's very, very important that we be known for truthfulness and our integrity. And what do you see, and I'll ask you both this question, right now as, as the biggest challenge that's facing our country, the United States? I think for me, it's the question of division. Everything is so divided uh, right now along political lines. Uh, you're either a Republican or a Democrat. You're left or right. And if you're one or the other, you, you can't even think of unifying with, with the other side. And that's going to lead us down the wrong path. Uh, we're all going to have different opinions. Uh, and right now, Christian, non-Christian is a, a big division. Uh, I think God does want us to be separate, wants us to live differently than the world. But we have to be, we have to live in the world, in the world and not of the world. And somehow we've got to try to unify. Our country is very, very divided right now. And along the lines of our country being divided, I would add that God, really is not uh, allowed in so many areas. Um, he's been removed from schools and from so many community functions and events that there are, there's so much turmoil and confusion because we're not allowed to talk about God and we're not allowed to bring him into conversations. And as a result, we have so many problems. We have so many uh, incidences we read about daily where there's uh, just uh, people fighting and arguing and uh, killing each other. And I believe it starts with the fact that God is not present. He's been removed from everything that we do, and it's not correct. It's not acceptable to mention God. And our closing question here, once again to, to both of you, what are your hopes for this book? I think we hope that it will encourage people and encourage people to utilize their influence. Most of us walk around thinking, well, we don't really have much influence. There's not anybody that we can talk to. I, I don't have a big platform like that. But we want to show people that you do influence people every day. You influence people with your not only your behavior and what you, you think, but the way you act and, and the way you approach people. And if you just influence one person positively, you don't know what that ripple effect can be. So we just want to encourage people and hope that it allows them to think about the influence that they can have and they do have. And we also wanted um, to share and tell our stories so that people would be encouraged and they would learn how to live a meaningful life, a purpose, and ultimately make an impact for the kingdom. And as Tony said, God gives everyone a platform, big or little, but it's used to glorify him and to build the kingdom. So we hope that uh, it is our hope that the reading of our stories and hearing um, d different examples that we share and being transparent, inviting the audience into our home and into our lives, that uh, they'll be encouraged and that they'll want to strike out if they haven't done so already, and determine what their purpose is and then begin living that life of influence. All right. Lauren and Tony, thank you so much for sharing your hearts with us. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's our pleasure.
Thank you, Richard. It was great. Thank you.